Welcome back now for a wrap of your week in the markets. On Stockwatch this week, I'm joined by Bright Kumalo from Vestact Asset Management. Thank you so much for your time and for finally joining us in studio, Bright, because the last time you were on Zoom. Uh, glad to see that you have evolved. <laughs> it's a right. Friday, so I'll be in studio. Uh, I'm happy to be. Uh, all right. Yeah, well, let's yeah. uh, take a look at macro. I mean, uh, the markets were quite volatile this week. We had that rally off the back of Fed expectations that they'll start reducing interest rate hikes from the meeting in December. This was, that was but Wednesday, yeah. Exactly, but then they quickly soured. So I just want to know, is it all about the jobs report right now? So the markets didn't necessarily quickly sour unless, obviously, you have financial <laughs> services in your portfolio. Then you, <laughs> you saw a bit of flames yesterday um, because the RAND was reversing so quickly. But even that has sort of stabilized, I don't know, the last time I checked was around 17 uh, 50 something or yeah. 60 something so it's sort of stabilized there which you know to be fair it's where we were about two months ago so it's you know we're not asking for a lot yeah um and that's obviously politically motivated and you know we're all waiting for the deadbeats um from the anc's nec to decide whether they like our president or not mm. uh, which is a, a whole issue on its own i don't want to get into it you must watch the week that was yeah. to find out all right. <laughs> my thoughts yeah but um markets you know the jsc is in the green year to date so i'm happy where we are um the dow I li uh, you know the dow is in you know bull market territory mm -hmm. so maybe you know being above the 200 day moving average maybe it'll trickle down to the S&P 500 which is what really matters right yeah. and uh, we're looking you know good from where we are yeah. and thanks to you know those fed comments you were talking about yeah. on Wednesday all right still sticking to the US um, the markets are anticipating that jobs report for November that's coming out later on this afternoon yeah expectations I think uh, 200,000 from yeah. you know all the economists uh, interviewed by Refinitiv yeah um, I don't know, man. Uh, we know from the last number we saw that they're cooling, but not fast enough. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Let's let's see what happens uh, when those come out. But obviously, market direction, especially for Friday, is going to be mostly determined by those numbers. So do you think because there's this 200,000 expect uh, ex expectation, do you think that if it moves extremely like to the to 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 uh, different ends of that spectrum? that markets could be nervous either way because i'm yeah. thinking that if you get better job numbers then markets are saying that you know what the fed might actually hike more than we expected but then you go to the other side of the spectrum yep. and then you're basically facing a recession look that's why you want it to be you know good balance like okay, you say yeah. you don't want it to be too far out because then, it, you know, you might have to throw the current policy expectations and then mm. go back to the drawing board. And that's not what we want. We want sort of stability. But as you and I know, that real life is yeah. anything but stable. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at some of the questions that have come in. So, um, I'm an 18-year-old and I own... Me too. An <laughs> for the third time. Uh, and I own an investment portfolio. I want to diversify. So, should I buy more ETFs? more growth stocks or should i buy value which i believe will perform good in the long run etfs growth value i mean they so do also want to diversify but i think they may be trying to see which they should be overweighted and underweighted so jeepers um that's a lot of information but also, <laughs> you know i'm very biased towards individual stocks so i would uh. say go out there and buy individual stocks but your experience of the market uh, might be a little more um how should i say this um 
very hard than someone who just goes and buys the whole index and they see uh, you know little to no volatility right but yeah I mean I think we all learned through going into individual stocks that's more exciting mm -hmm. and you get to read the financials you get to follow the management and you get to learn a lot um, the same way how Warren Buffett did it, it is the same way I did it and it's the same way I want him to do it yeah yeah right. so look into individual stocks if you're saying between growth uh, and value I don't know. It depends on how you, you know, you're wired in your head. I mean, you have to go uh, and invest according to an investment philosophy that's closer to your heart. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, you know, I was invested in value stocks and they went down 50%, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. You know, whereas, yeah. you know, growth stocks are down, you know, they were down at some point over 35%. And I you're still all right. Yeah, I was, was fine. So that's, uh. that's just who I am. <laughs> all right. Are you an oil person? Uh, because someone's asking, uh, is Sasol a buy at these levels? Of course, I don't know. I don't follow oil. You don't follow oil. Okay. Yeah. There's quite a lot of, um, you know what? I guess because we don't really know what's going to happen with oil, I, I, I kind of, and oil prices are really expected to stay elevated for quite a while. We don't know the situation between Russia and Ukraine. Um, I definitely feel like it's not, it's never a bad time to go into Sasol. Of course, now, um, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's also a question of if you're not in the stock, should you go in? Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, OPEC currently, the oligopoly, obviously, um, you know, deciding on where the oil price sh should go, yeah. you know, based on the uh, supply side. They, they're talking, every, every time they meet, uh, especially in the past two months, they're always talking about cutting supply because demand is not there. I mean, uh, we know that China, one of the biggest consumers, um, is currently under lockdowns, and obviously people are striking there for different reasons, um, well, related to the yeah. lockdowns. But um, if that economy starts opening up and demand for oil does actually go in the right direction, it will be good for you know uh, oil producers. But currently, I think... There's just too much supply, and yeah. hence why the chat of maybe lowering supply um, is, 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 is yeah. you know, the in thing uh, at these OPEC meetings or OPEC Plus or whatever they want to call them Bright? that day. Yeah. Bright, we spoke about the political situation earlier on um, and also what it's doing to the financials, for example. Premier comes out today, um, or Brett comes out today and says they're no longer, they're no longer listing Premier because of what's been happening for the past 48 hours. Of course, we know what that is. So how, how do I, you feel? I, I yeah. don't know. I think, the, uh, personally, I feel that um, the Braid management was too buoyant and maybe too bullish about you know giving Premier, the, the, the company itself, a high multiple coming into the markets. Mm. But reality has set in and, you know, they've put fillers out there and wh what they're getting is that maybe this multiple that you guys are offering us is a little bit too high maybe at the right price would buy into you know premium but currently um no and maybe they don't want to you know come in at the market at a a lower premium uh, at, at a lower multiple than you know mm. the, wh what they were saying the the company's worth so maybe then you know this happened to be a good reason to cite yeah. as to why they're no longer coming to market because as far as we know and as far as the information they've given us in the sense announcement yeah. this thing is ready to list anyways because uh, you know some institutional fund managers are already in 
and Christo Visa himself is taking a, taking a big bulk on top of the, the holding he already has in Braid. So yeah. I don't know why it's not going through. So the, citing the last 48 hours is a reason. It's, it's really... Or maybe, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a real reason. It's just an excuse post hoc. So do you think the nervousness, you talk about this high multiple that they were going to go into. Is the nervousness that why bring in a company at such a high multiple in this kind of environment? Yeah, no, so they're going to bring it in and obviously reality will set mm -hmm. in and it will get halved in price or yeah. whatever. Or, you know, down a third in, in your first day. That's not what you want when you go for a listing. You want to pop on your first day, you know. Mm. You want to feel good about, you know, doing a listing. So maybe premium management was like... I don't think this is going to pop and I don't want to I don't want to be part of something that's not going to be good because people yeah. always remember. And I actually did speak to an analyst earlier on and he was also basically um, uh, saying the same sentiments that also he's looked around and he's spoken to people and there doesn't seem to be much interest. Uh, there's a question here. Uh, what do you think about Vodacom? Uh, it's almost trading at its 52 week low. Is a good buy at this stage? Sure, I don't know. So I, when I look at investments, I always look at, you know, the, the opportunity, opportunity cost of my capital, right? So yeah. uh, it's either I invest in Vodacom today at 52-week lows, which if you haven't looked at the financial, looks like a good idea, right? Okay, yeah. But it's down for a reason. We know it's, you know, the, the growth, po growth prospects are not going as planned. And I mean, the local business also is not doing as well as expected. Yeah. So it's it's a confluence of you know events yeah. that are happening for them and obviously uh, they reverse i mean their fortunes are reversing as a result and obviously if you buy something like an mtn and a vodacom you buy it for the dividend and these guys are not going to be giving you the eight to nine percent dividend that you expect from a utility because they're busy expanding into i don't know egypt or ethiopia or whatever yeah so it's 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 going to take a while for them to get to a point where those operations make enough money to go back to being you know a stalwart that pays a good dividend so uh, that's high risk for me you okay. know like i always say you could buy currently uh the 10 year at 11.9 percent yeah or 12 percent close to 12 percent you know uh. at zero risk or close to zero risk i mean it's a sovereign bond um so it doesn't make sense to to jump into something like a Vodacom. But, you know, if you're a patient investor, there's many other op opportunities out there that are looking um, solid. Yeah, okay. Uh, Bright, still sticking with uh, the telecom space. Um, so, with regards to African Rainbow Capital, of course, that has rain in it. Um, for the next two years, would you consider African Rainbow Capital for the next two years? Would you consider it a buy or a sell, especially with everything that is happening with the rain network? Do you look at rain? So I don't really look at rain much. I mean, they've been trying to sell themselves, blah, yeah. blah, blah, because now the spectrum is open to everyone. No one is interested in them anymore. Yeah. Uh, so they, you know, stuck between a rock and a hard place. And, you know, running a, um, you know, a telecoms company, not just in South Africa, anywhere, it's a high, you know, capital. Very capex. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think rain has that money right whereas something like an mtn they already have you know both feet you know stuck in the ground yeah. um and vodacom for that matter mm. even though i was not as bullish but yeah I'm, I'm less bullish about rain itself you know than the other two counters in the space uh. so i don't know I, i'm not bullish on on rain um per se but african rainbow capital there's potential yeah. for 
activity there because so you look at it holistically yeah yeah, yeah. But there's potential for 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 corporate action there because they still charge a massive fee you know they're based out of mauritius and shareholders don't like that they keep claiming that maybe their nav is around i don't know 10 rands and the market is saying it's worth whatever it's trading at today yeah that that's a big gap right so yeah. if you cancel that fee and you do a bit of corporate action all of a sudden um the share price moves in the right direction so yeah. it could be an option if you were you know um a speculator there's an option there for upside ah. yeah right do you look at tiger brands um i know we were just talking about premier in the food producing sector they came out with the results today um i don't know how do you feel about them it sort of seems like the market is quite muted on it uh, because there's a reason right so yeah <laughs> so i come from you know the fmcg fraternity that's where i've got yeah. uh you know uh, the sandbox that i started yeah in. so um I don't know. I've never been excited by Tiger Brands. They seem to have a scandal after scandal. And I mean, if you look at all the revenues and all the profits that, that they make, you know, eventually would have to go to lawyers or, you know, someone. Or yeah. And they haven't performed as well. And, they, you know, they've tried this whole Africa thing. It didn't work out for yeah. them. And they just haven't, their share price have basically hasn't done anything in the past 10 years. In the past 10 years, I've grown a lot. <laughs> 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 the market has grown a lot. Uh, so you would have, you know, yeah. lost a lot of money, uh, you know, relatively by being in a, sh a stock like that. Yeah. And why would you go to a stock like that today? So I'm interested because I spoke to the CEO earlier on and it seemed that they're doing a lot to kind of um, allay these fears of product safety um, you know, uh, trying to get innovation in as, as much as possible to make things better. Yeah, yeah I've seen and that. That's nice. That's good. And they also embarked this in during this current financial period on a 1.5 billion share buyback program. That's so, good. so like because that. because the share hasn't really moved much, do you think that if they continue with a share buy buyback program? then that could maybe shift the needle uh, in terms of how investors see them and how that share price moves going forward. Yeah, no, that'll depend on the quantum of the share buyback. A couple of billions here and there is not enough. Tiger Brands yeah. uh, is a relatively big company. So it'll depend on the quantum and how committed they are to that. If they think, if management thinks that business is cheap currently and they're willing to use their own capital to go back and buy the shares, mm. that's definitely a good signaling effect. That's a good start. But... We don't know how much and for how long they're going to do that. So um, that's maybe something to watch. Maybe that's yeah. the option that's out there for you. But I don't think it will be a long-term play. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what is what are you playing at uh, for today? Your stock pick. So my stock picks. I actually had three for you, but anyway, <laughs> I'll just I'll just take one. Yeah. Uh, which is um, in the news currently. For the wrong reasons, it's you know Balenciaga. So the holding company is caring. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm buying currently. I've I've bought myself recently as well. But the funny story is, nothing happened to the share price because of all this backlash about you know using kids as models yes, with yes. you know plush uh, BDSM dolls, which is very dodgy if you ask me because must have approved that yeah. from their own comms team. But yeah. we digress. Yeah. So I like the company because um, if you look at their main brand and their profit driver, which is Gucci, it hasn't actually done exceptionally well post-COVID. Mm. So they've had a very successful launch of you know, their Adidas Gucci um, collab. Uh, that's done exceptionally well. But the rest of the business 
inside Gucci, especially mm. on the leather goods side, hasn't done so well. So as a result, the share price got beaten. And obviously, being in a year where everything is down, they're beaten down, you know, mm, with the market. More, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, if you look at, you know, all the, the, the big luxury space, you know, the LVMHs of the world and the Hermes, it's underperforming those companies ah. year to day. So it's, it looks like a good buy. It okay. has a PE of like 18. So I sort of like it at these levels. Whereas, you know, LVMH is trading closer to 20 and Hermes is trading, you know, at 44. So it's, it's really expensive. But yeah. I really like uh, what could happen maybe in the next couple of collections. Uh, Gucci will, you know, find their way back. So maybe this would be a good entry then if you're looking to get into the luxury space. So this is why you have to look at these collections very carefully and yeah. you see them when they don't do well and it doesn't translate into good profits. And obviously Balenciaga is, might be a, also, because they contribute about 12% to profits, might be another issue because they're not going to do well mm. this summer. But that stock is going to be cleared, you know, in the next, I don't know, three months, four months post when people forget about what happened. <laughs> so, of course, you know, people have very short, short memories. Yeah. Exactly. So that's going to come back. And I think uh, for the long term, caring might be a good, good uh, pick here. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Bright, and for giving us your insights and analysis. Bright Kumalo from Vestact Asset Management.